You are listening to the Story Embers podcast, a podcast dedicated to guiding and inspiring Christian storytellers to glorify God with excellent craftsmanship. I'm your host, Grace Livingston, and welcome to episode 13, How to Write Virtuous Protagonists Without Turning Off Readers. I'm Grace Livingston. I'm Josiah DeGraff. I'm Hope Ann. And I'm Brandon Miller. And today we're tackling how to write virtuous protagonists that don't annoy your readers. So, if you remember last month, Josiah, Dace, and Rolina tackled writing flawed protagonists that don't turn readers away. But today, let's talk about the opposite end of the spectrum. How can you write a virtuous character that doesn't annoy your reader? Before we get into that, though, I want to ask, have any of you had any trouble with this type of character in your own writing? Not main characters, but almost all of my side characters are that way. And they make the cast as a whole seem really flat sometimes. Because it's easy to make your main character flawed, but then when your like, ally comes in, well, developing a flaw for him and stuff is a pain, so he's just nice. See, I'm normally making them each distinct, not, oh, they all have the flaw and that they, want, they think they can help everybody and they actually can't, which is like, yes, it's kind of a flaw, but also they're still like really good people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, side characters are definitely where I've struggled with this at times. About six years ago, I was writing a book where the mentor figure was basically like the word of God. And everything he said was like 100% accurate and like he didn't make mistakes. And that's kind of problematic because real people aren't words of God. And how did you all go about navigating this problem? One of the things that I found it really helpful to do for myself in my own writing is to not feel like I have a need to create perfect characters. I think part of the reason why I created kind of the perfect mentor character is because I felt the need that, oh, I need to have someone in the story who's going to clearly communicate the story's theme, who's a perfect hero everyone can look up to. And, well, first, that's not very good storytelling. Second, that's not very realistic because no one's perfect but Christ. And so I needed to kind of realize that, oh, you know, I can use very flawed characters to still bring across the message and sometimes it's going to be more effective that way because is isn't just kind of this perfect embodiment who's saying this moral lesson, but it's this flawed character who's come to understand it. And now that's very specific to kind of the problems I had, whereas the character is more just kind of spouting everything is true rather than acting true all the time. Uh, but at least with the issue I was struggling, that was one of the things I realized that I needed to get better. And that was kind of just a series of epiphanies on my end that I had several years ago. One thing I've done with my characters is I knew they weren't perfect in my head. But when I came to writing them, a lot of times, just since they were generally decently good people, they just they don't have problems. So I would dig deep into who they are, like what were their doubts and their fears. And even if they're still acting the same way, you know, they're still not going to just throw someone to the side. They're going to help someone or whatever. You still get to see them as much more real people because you can see they're doing this, but maybe they have doubts of did I do enough? Maybe they didn't want to help and they've kind of just reluctantly helped. And whatever the case, it's more than just their actions. So for me, a lot of their flaws, especially with the main characters at this point, have to do with internal aspects of who they are. That helps me make these characters deeper 
and they're much more real because they have problems. And especially because the problems are always visible, and in real life, people act fairly decent normally, and lots of their problems are masked by just, oh, they're acting like a decent person. Except my current main character, who's not a decent person. He's going to be really fun. But anyway. <laughs> I, I do wonder, though, like, I, I hear what you're saying, Hope, about most people being decent people. But is it that most people are decent people, or is it that most people are decent people in public? Because part of it is kind of my, my theology coming out that I don't, you know, the average person that I know, like you guys, I'm like, oh, yeah, you're decent people. But if I live with you, I'd probably be like, no, Brandon is definitely not a decent human being when you have to live with him. What's up? Can't wait to see you at Rum Makers. Roomies! <laughs> oh yeah. <my> so <laughs> now I think Brandon is decent. After Rum Makers, nuh-uh. We're easy, he's gonna, I'm, I'm going to learn the truth about Brandon. <laughs> Yeah, there is, there is um, how they act, and that's also interesting, is how they act, like you said, in public, and also in private, like with different people, who do they care? Some people, even if it's private per se, they're going to care what they think. Other people, it's going to be like, oh, it's just a servant, I'm going to act just how I want, I don't care about them. And so that's also interesting, just different levels of a person, who do they view as... I need, I care what this person thinks. Who do they view as I don't care? Who is probably even on, mm. on a subconscious level in their own minds. And that's just interesting of, when it comes to character development in general. To kind of tag onto that, um, my current hero is, he's like left behind fame and fortune to try and help refugees from a war. So he's like a, a really great guy. But I bring out his flaws in this story. And I think that this is a, a good way to bring out flaws in decent people because this is where they usually come out in real life. How they treat the people around them that rub them wrong. Mm. So like in the story, because of his backstory, he avoids his family and he treats reporters like trash. Everybody else, he's like this super nice guy. You know, he's got his heart's in the right place. He's a little ditzy and awkward and cute. And, and he's a really likable character. But his family, he won't talk to. And reporters, he, teach, he treats them like trash. And also kind of like building off that, what are they joking about? Are they, you know, the nice people, but maybe they joke about particular topics that they don't like internally, like um reporters or something along those lines and so they're nice funny characters but when it comes to this particular topic they tend to get much more cutting in their remarks even though it's supposed to be funny and another way when people really snap is when they're tired and so that can always be interesting seeing how your character acts when he's tired and then they might snap do something that he regrets later on and then he has to deal with it. Even if it's just small, simple things. People aren't like, oh, we have this huge flaw in our character. I mean, some people do. But it's not like, oh, I see this person. He's a really great person, except for he's greedy. And this person is a really great person, except for they're lazy. Everyone has different little measurements of good and bad. Like, he might not be a lazy character, but he doesn't want to get out of bed. You know, or this person isn't necessarily having temper problems but this one guy is annoying him to death and he finally punches him and so you can kind of have little things that you want to be thematic you want to weave into story it's not just oh he's gonna go punch someone because i feel like it but also just keeping in mind that 
having a character flaw does not mean they have this huge glaring character flaw that they're going to have a positive arc on. It just means they're going to act like a human, and that's just woven into the story in general. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think one of the things that's coming out here is the fact that there's a difference between having a character who's virtuous and a character who's perfect. You can write someone who doesn't have any glaring character flaws who's generally a pretty noble, virtuous person, but it doesn't mean they need to be perfect. And it's important to kind of have those places in their life where we can kind of see some of those edges in order to realize that this character, you know, they're a good character, but, you know, they're, they're not Christ walking, walking around on Earth. Mm-hmm. What are some other ways that we can take those virtuous but still human characters and make sure they don't annoy the reader? Uh, not that I know a lot about this, but you could employ the, um, what's it, the, the humility. That's the one. If your character is humble, if you have a virtuous and humble character, that's better than a virtuous character who knows they're virtuous. And like a henty character who's virtuous and is also super clever and is also always in the right place at the right time and is also just more intelligent than anybody else. The list goes on and on to the point where it's just like so in your face. If a person is virtuous, but they're also quiet, maybe weak in some areas, just physically unable to do what they need to do, that that is a way that you can keep a virtuous character from being obnoxious in a novel. Yeah, like they can't. Dude, there can be things they can't physically do, or even if they're virtuous, even if they don't really have problems, you can still show their struggles and their doubts, whether it's going to be an external thing they can't do or they're having a really hard time doing. It might be an internal thing where they know what they have to do and there's no doubt in their own mind in a sense that, okay, I have to do this, I'm going to do this, but they still don't want to do it. And they just have to deal with it. So I think showing their doubts and showing the struggles and even them wondering of, I'm doing this. Is it going to be worth it? Is it the right thing? And it just makes them a lot more human. Even if they're doing the right thing, they don't have it all laid out in their head. They don't, they know it's the right thing morally, but they don't know how it's going to end. And another thing I'll also throw in that I think is important is I think one of the most important virtuous traits to capitalize on if you want to avoid turning off readers is the the virtue of compassion. Because I think a lot of the reason the reason that virtuous characters can turn us off is if you know we we're getting the sense of, oh, this character just thinks they're better than everyone else. And part of that is the humility aspect that Brandon, you were bringing in. But I also think that compassion can also really make a difference because you know, when I look at stories that I've read where I really like the virtuous characters, often that's a common thread. I like them because I'm like, oh, you know, they're being really compassionate to these other characters I care about. And so naturally, I'm going to care about this character as well. I was recently reading a work of Christian fantasy that had a pretty strong Christ allegory. And normally, this is the sort of thing that just annoys me to death because it's often just used sloppily and stuff. And with this particular book, I don't know if it was really the right choice for the book, but whether or not it was the right choice, it didn't annoy me in the book. And I think the reason the Christ figure didn't annoy me is because he was just very helpful and compassionate to other people around him. And so he didn't turn me off because the heart of him wasn't, you know, I'm going to raise myself above everyone else, but I'm just here to help and serve others. And it's hard to hate someone or be annoyed by someone like that. Weird how that sounds like actual Jesus. Mm-hmm. 
We're going to take a quick break, and when we return, we'll tackle our favorite examples of well-done virtuous characters. Stay tuned. Enjoying the Story Embers podcast? Leave us a review in iTunes. You can also subscribe on Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, and iTunes, so you can listen on the go and never miss an episode. Also, it would mean so much if you would consider supporting Story Embers on our Patreon. Your support allows us to continue to guide and inspire Christian storytellers and improve the SE site as a whole. Just visit patreon.com slash storyembers to pledge today. Welcome back. I'm with SE staffers Josiah DeGraff, Hope Ann, and Brandon Miller, and our topic for today is writing virtuous protagonists without turning off readers. Now, before we get into some of your guys' favorite examples of this type of character, I wanted to ask, I've been listening to all you are saying, and I'm really curious what you guys think of Captain America as an example of not annoying virtuous character. I've heard him used as a good example in this context before, but I wanted to ask what you all kind of thought of him and how he might fit in with some of what we've been talking about. So for me, it really depends on what stage Captain America it is. Through, you know, Winter Soldier, very down with favorite character in the MCU. After Civil War, not so much, because I didn't really think he was all that noble in Civil War, and I thought he was making a lot of bad decisions. So now, now interesting enough, you know, I don't, I wouldn't say Captain America in Civil War annoyed me, like he didn't frustrate me, but I looked at his decisions and the way he was kind of arrogant and believed he was always right, and said, well, this is a character flaw on his part, and he finally has this character flaw. He's really not going to list. He's kind of being being saved by luck. Um, I, I know that's not a commonly held opinion um, regarding Civil War, but that was kind of my take on on Civil War and how I reacted to that. As I felt like he worked because I felt like you know his his arrogance was shown as a character flaw in that film. In the other films, I think he he worked well because of a combination of humility and and compassion. I think part of it, Captain America develops flaws as the story progresses. Mm-hmm. But I think part of why he's not insufferable in the first Avenger is because we see him in the very beginning when he's weak and he has a very commendable patriotic desire to go and fight for freedom. And, and he wants to serve and he wants to sacrifice and he can't. And so we get tied on to him as a character before he becomes the perfect super soldier. And our, we get involved in him and in his journey at that point. And so then when he becomes Captain America, we feel like we're sharing in the triumph of that transformation, as opposed to just walking into the scene when he's chasing the Hydra agent through Brooklyn and being like, oh, look at that. He can pull out that car and he can chase the dude in the submarine and oh he's a super good diver now whoop de do like <laughs> if the movie started there i think he would have been a much he mm. would not have been received near as well as a character his whole arc has to be taken into consideration for that movie to work i think yeah i mean in general i like him he does i it's been a long time since i've seen civil war so i would have to see it again to give an opinion on that but in general he makes it work because he's so nice and he doesn't act like he's a perfect character. He doesn't have the I am perfect and I know it. It's more of a I am just trying to help you sort of a deal. And also, of course, you get the interesting quirks of, yes, he's a perfect character in a sense, but also he's still trying to get, at least in the first ones, he's still trying to get used to the modern way of life. 
And so he doesn't know everything. And so he's trying to learn and figure it out. And that can be, that's somewhat amusing. Humor. That's a good one too. Marvel movies are funny. And so all their characters are more pleasant to deal with. Cool. So moving out of my little Marvel tangent, what are some other examples of well-done virtuous characters that you guys have seen? So I, I, I mentioned kind of the, the one Christian allegory that I thought did well. I'm also a huge fan of Mr. Knightley and Jane Austen's Emma because he's very noble. And, and there he almost takes a bit more of, you know, most of his advice is right. But there's just something about the nobility and the way that he carries himself and the way that he cares for others, I think, makes him work because of that compassion. I was just going to mention Lord of the Rings because you have Aragorn, you have Gandalf, you have Sam. And they're all, like, character-wise, they're all pretty perfect. They have, especially Aragorn, he has, like, everything, even more so in the movies. He's everything put together. He's, like, the super ranger. He's going to be king, and he knows it, and he's just biding his time. So he's, he, get, he has things together. Gandalf, character-wise, is pretty perfect. I think there might be times where he or Aragorn kind of debate on which way to go, or there's things that they kind of argue over. And Sam is Sam. So he is pretty, he's like, as a character, morally, he's perfect. He doesn't know a whole lot. Like, when it comes to fighting, he's not like this grand warrior or anything. But um, I think the main thing with all of them, they are trying to help people. Like, for Sam, he is devoted to Frodo. He's going to help him. For Gandalf, he has a much more broader picture, but he is there. He's going to be helping these people no matter what it takes. Same thing with Aragorn. He is all over the place, but he's going to be helping these various people. It's not just about them. They're so focused on helping others that I part of it when you are watching them or reading them, they are annoying because it's not about them, basically. I also thought of Gandalf when someone, Josiah, you brought up Mr. Knightley. They're both probably my favorite examples of a virtuous character. And for me, what kept them from being so annoying and what makes them work so well was how assertive they both were. They're not quiet with their advice. They will live by what they both think is right and they will let people know what they believe is right. Not in a oh, I'm so superior sort of way, but Mr. Knightley will fight with Emma all the live long day, and Gandalf will barge into these throne rooms and yell at kings. And something about how they not only care for others, like you said, Hope, and want what's best for others, but how they'll also fight for that. There's just something about Mm -hmm. that proactivity that keeps them from being annoying in my mind. Right. Well, I mean, I think it also helps them both cases they have people to fight against. So if they were just like, oh, this is, you know, let you know, this is why I think this is what we ought to do. Everyone else was just like, okay, I think that would be more easily annoying because that's going to feel unrealistic. But when they have a good sparring partner that they have to actually convince on something, I think it, it makes the potential there for them to, to be annoying, less annoying because you have someone going up against them. I will just say that I was going to say Lord of the Rings is my example, but I was also going to volunteer to take the low-hanging fruit of the night award. And so I feel like now that award should be handed to Hope. (laughs) I accept it gratefully. (laughs) Okay, so summing it all up time, what would be your final tips for anyone trying to keep their virtuous protagonist from turning off readers? I think my number one tip would be that if you're doing this, 
and you're trying and you have a character who readers find obnoxious one of the best ways for them not to be obnoxious is to show them through the viewpoint of another character because if you have another character in the story who actually doesn't find the character obnoxious and you can show us the character through that viewpoint character's eyes I think that'll do a lot to humanize them if we see that other people in the story care about them and don't view them as obnoxious. I would say delving deep into your character. What are they feeling about all of this? And what are their doubts? And what are their fears? Why are they really doing this? And I would just go as deep into your character as you can. And that way you can see who they are as a person, not just this is what they're doing. I'd steal a note from Gracie's handbook. If they're really good people, they should be active because there's a lot of bad in the world and they should be doing something about it. Thanks for joining me, guys. And thank you, listeners, for tuning in. As always, you can learn more about today's panelists at storyumbers.org slash about. And special thanks to our Patreon supporters, Taylor Clogston and Michael Stanton. Turning the conversation over to you listeners now, what is your favorite example of a non-annoying, virtuous protagonist? Or what's your best example of a virtuous character who was annoying? Let us know in the comments. We'd love to hear from you. Finally, join us again on August 3rd as Josiah, Rolina Hatfield, and Dea Slam discuss the balance between Christian orthodoxy and creativity we writers often face on the next episode of the Story Embers podcast. No, I think Brandon is decent. After Realm Makers, nah, we're easy. He's gonna, I'm, I'm gonna learn the truth about Brandon. <laughs> oh, hey, Hope said me for a roommate two weeks in a row. What do you think about me? <laughs> you don't need to answer you're, this question. You're still on the adorable, okay? <laughs> Why, thank you. She didn't answer the question, though. She just said, You're still adorable. Say nothing about the other factors. Just say I would really like to take a moment and have Hope dissect still. That That's important to me personally. <laughs> wow. <laughs>